Hi, my name's Tom, and this is The Friendship Tapes, a brand new podcast all about fantastic friends and where to find them. So, why create a podcast all about friendship? It may seem like such a simple thing, however, it is one of the fastest growing search queries in the world. Yep, even more popular than what does Lindsay Lohan look like now? And there's good reason for that, because right now, people all over the world are finding themselves at a loss about how to make friends and meaningful connections as an adult. So, over the series, I'll be putting on my detective hat and trench coat on a modest annual salary of two cheesecakes to talk to real people living in London in the hope of finding the answers, learning about their brave journeys, finding connection and friends in this big, beautiful, but sometimes lonely city. So sit back, make yourself a cup of tea, and together let's discover the secrets to making amazing social connections. Real people, real stories, real friends. This is The Friendship Tapes with Tom Pinks. We'll crack on, shall we? And our guest in this episode is Mr. Paolo Miguel, who, and he'll be the first to admit this, was a very introverted person at university. But since then, he has spent most of his 20s making lifelong friends here in London as a video editor. Here it is. Hi, how are you doing? I'm it's getting, hi, time to have a chat. I'm, I am doing really well, thank you. Good. Paolo, tell me what you're doing here. So, I have been living in London for, I think I mentioned this, a year to the day. So, I moved Congratulations. to time last year. Um, I'm currently working in video editing. And um, yeah, just um, enjo- really enjoying it, I'll be honest. Yeah? Yeah. And how has, how has that year been? Has it been always that enjoyable? No, uh, no. But it's been a journey, hey? It's, well, yeah, it's nice, these sort of landmark moments where you just look back at, mm. uh, at the year and, and yeah. see who you are now compared to who you were when you first arrived. Yeah, and gosh, gosh, get me in self-reflection. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Look, it's been a year, and I'm not going to lie and say that every day has been sunshine and rainbows, mm-hmm. but to look back on the past 12 months, it's been, like, incredible to see, like, the people I've met and the yeah. things I've done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, to be sat on a radio show, to me in itself, <laughs> is, like, a really cool thing. Um, so yeah, I'm mean, really enjoying it. And you mentioned the people that you've met, yes. and this show is all about trying to get people to meet people and and, um, and you know have that sense of belonging. How important has that been on your journey over the past year? It's been huge, like yeah. absolutely essential to my enjoyment in living in London. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it's thanks to the meetup group that I've managed to find the majority of the friends that I've made. Amazing. Like, like some of which I can now consider some of my closest and best friends. Well, that's incredible, incredible to hear. And it, I think it should be mentioned that when you refer to the meetups for listeners who aren't so aware, you're referring to the friendship events run by the Great London yes. Friendship Project. Mm-hmm. Did you come to London uh, by yourself? Mm-hmm. Was this something that you needed to get out there and, and, and do on so your own? I, when I initially moved to London, I was working a corporate job at the mm-hmm. time, and I moved in with two of my old school friends yeah. um, back from a... Pl- fr- I used to grow up in High Wycombe, so mm-hmm. that's where I stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, essentially, when I first moved to London, I didn't really know anyone outside of them. I had a couple of friends dotted around, but not enough to maintain for what I'd consider a healthy social life. Yeah, I would consider myself quite extroverted, so yeah. I like to go out, you know, a couple of times a week and and you know socialize with people. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, finding David's meetup group was really helpful. And I tell people that I meet sometimes this story. Um, I met two of my closest friends on the first event that I went to. Wow. So I moved to London on the Monday yeah. and went to a board games event on the Wednesday and met them. And it kind of, I guess, just snowballed from there, really. Okay. You didn't hang around then? No, not really. Straight I into think, it. you know, it wasn't a case of like, it took me a while to get into it. I think the fact that I'd met people straight off the bat helped me to go to more. And again, like, yeah. I think I got to a place in like May, June where I was really like thriving socially if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, it was a real worry for me before I moved because I googled like how to make friends in London and all the articles were like it's horrible everyone's really? busy all the yeah. time like you're, you're just going to stay indoors yeah. kind of thing um, but there was a kind of defiance it was like, actually no that's not yeah. the case I, I, I know other people are like me they want to yeah. s- find other people yeah I think yeah. That, that's uh, you know I think with the meetups especially but also just in, I think a lot of people I found are open to meeting others yeah. and I think you know I've, I've been there myself at times where you get yourself in a mindset of everyone's busy all my friends are busy mm-hmm. this is kind of you know I just kind of have to deal with this in a way but mm-hmm. I think there's always going to be people out there that are open to meeting new people mm-hmm. um, and I think these meetups are just an incredible way to facilitate that Absolutely. with like, really fun activities you mentioned you were an extrovert mm-hmm. does that mean you found this process easy um yeah I would say easier than than I guess some would find mm-hmm. I think I say ever since I went to uni I've kind of come out my shell in a sense I used to be very introverted mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not like when I was sort of 15 16 what changed what happened um I think you know I I was I would like to think that I worked hard in school and I didn't yeah. I was you know I didn't start really drinking alcohol until I was 18 mm-hmm. um no house parties none of that I don't even think I went to my um, sort of GC- end of GCSEs prom. I didn't even yeah I didn't even okay. go to that. Um, but I think ever since I got to uni, I had this sense of like I just want to put myself out there now yeah. and sort of live true to how I feel because I've always felt like I want to meet new people mm-hmm. and I want to expand my social circle. But I feel like when you're living at home, when you're like under the age of eighteen, it's very limited as to what you can do. Yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah, I think it's just sort of you know I did a year abroad as well, which helped. Where did um, you go? I lived in Lyon in France for Amazing. four months. And yeah. then I did Madrid for two months. How's your French? Um, ah, simple mal. Um, it's a bit rusty, I won't lie. Um, well, straight into it, without <laughs> even hesitating there, mate. <laughs> um, I would say my Spanish is definitely better than my French. I've actually yeah. been back to Madrid since the pandemic ended. Okay. Um, haven't yeah. been back to France yet, but planning yeah. on it. Um, nice. But I think, you know, I graduated from uni summer of 2021 so mm. gosh coming on two years and i think obviously the job i do now is isn't related yeah um wholly towards languages so it has yeah. taken a kick there it's a very interesting with your job as well and ha- your career change as well a huge yeah. career change why was that because you wanted it to be a more social because obviously you know working in film and working in videography it's mm-hmm. all about networking i guess yeah. especially if you're freelance mm-hmm. yeah so how, how what, what happened in that transition so essentially when i like i said when i moved to london i was currently was at the time working a corporate job mm-hmm. and that fell through in the August, so right. six months after I'd started. Mm-hmm. Um, and alongside that, I'd also been doing part-time work for an influencer. Um, okay. Her name's Izzy Miller. And I did TikToks, Instagrams for her mm-hmm. on the side of my job. And when I lost my initial full-time job, 
I had always been interested in video editing, but hadn't really thought to change it into a full-time career. Mm-hmm. But I sort of got to a place in August where I realized that that was a viable career path because I had six months experience under my belt. And yeah. It was something that I could explore at least. And mm-hmm. I think as the months, you know, that was quite a while back and it sort of snowballed into something that now I'm sort of genuinely considering um, and is going all right. Two days after moving to London, straight in there. Yeah. Sometimes that's probably the best way. And, and that brings me on to my next question. In what advice do you have for somebody who, I guess, is in your shoes, moved mm-hmm. to London, thinking about how to meet friends? What, what would they do? I think um, I think diving in is a good a good way to look at it, but mm-hmm. I would say like don't put too much of an expectation on yourself. I know there's you know my story of meeting friends after two days, mm-hmm. but that may not be the case for for someone else. They may go to their first yeah. meetup event and not enjoy it, or you know have a mixed experience. But mm-hmm. I think it's also that case of you know with David's group. If I, I try and go to events even now at least once a week, yeah, um, because I'm always looking to make new connections. That's honestly yeah. one of my favorite things to do if i'm being honest mm-hmm. like i love meeting someone new um and you know just starting a new friendship so um, being consistent yeah would you say because yeah. i think it, it helps your social confidence and mm-hmm. i think that does so much especially for me that does so much in other areas of my life um you know coming on this radio show for example like a year ago i may have shied away mm-hmm. um i didn't have anywhere near as many friends and it you know talking in front of people not literally but mm-hmm. listening online would have felt a lot more daunting um but i think yeah consistently going out and socializing has really helped me to come out of my shell and really thrive i guess one more question mm-hmm. on this theme so i've mentioned before that when at my first day at university my mum gave me a packet of mini rolls mm-hmm. and said you can make friends with these mm-hmm. don't know why she's got a very strained old lady voice um but she's only like 55 but it begs the question what one item would you use to potentially meet new friends if you could pick anything in the world so i did yeah i did think about this <laughs> yeah. i think i've got quite a good i would bring a box of cards against humanity good choice the, i feel so when i went to university on my first evening we all had pre-drinks and we went out mm-hmm. to the university club and i feel like that could have been a perfect way to sort of get everyone involved mm-hmm. or sort of in the kitchen let's play you know, let's yeah. play some cards against humanity get to know each other yeah. um, over a couple of drinks so yeah that's how I'd I'd probably go about things brilliant choice mm-hmm. absolutely uh, we are going to jump into uh, a feature it's called River 7 we have Kate on the phone hi Kate hello hi Tom hi Paolo hey uh, I believe you two know each other from the meetups yes. I think you're familiar we yeah do. Can you just explain the context of where you are at the moment and just want you to describe <laughs> your dedication to the show? Yeah, well, my dedication to the show tonight has extended to taking this call at Telford Services on the M6 <laughs> <laughs> because I got stuck in traffic around Birmingham for like two hours and didn't make it home. So, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> it's, it's fair to say, whoever wins this game, you are the real winner here, Kate. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So Kate, as as her job, may I add, spends quite a lot of your time, uh, if you're not at Telford Service Station, you're at the bottom of the river, aren't you, looking for wildlife? Yeah, yeah, it's one or the other, Telford Services. <laughs> yeah, there's no in-between, yeah. Um, uh, but that's not all you find at Telford Service Station. No, I'm only joking. Uh, at the bottom of the river, you find some pretty odd stuff. So I came up with a feature, and it's called River 7. Me and Paolo, we need to ask Kate seven questions or less, What trying to sort of find out what she found at the bottom of the river. And then at the end of those seven questions, there we go, we need to answer. And if it's right, then just win the glory, I guess, as a 
I said, Kate's the real winner, so this game is redundant. Um, but we'll head straight into it. Paolo, have you got a burning question you want to ask Kate? Um, so is this to do with what's at the bottom? What's of? at the bottom? What what has she found at the bottom of the river? So it can be yes or no questions. Ooh, um, I'm not sure if this question, but we'll go for it. Was the thing you found alive? Was it alive? It wasn't alive, no, definitely wasn't alive. Okay. It wasn't alive, okay. Would you have to uh, use a crane to, to dig it out? Um, no, I don't, I don't think you'd need a crane to lift it, because I don't think it was more than about maybe two kilograms. So, okay, two kilograms, yeah. okay. I've got another one. Have you got a question? Go for it, um, go for it. Was it, well, maybe not anymore, but was it edible at some stage in its life? Uh, no, it was never edible unless you've got very odd taste, I would say. Okay, right. It's a very ambiguous clue there. I'm still none the wiser. I, I'm thinking, is this something... Ooh, I was going to say if you could... Actually, I won't say that because that will count as a question. But is this something <laughs> you could put in your backpack, like a rucksack? Um, no, I don't think you could fit it in a backpack. You definitely couldn't fit it in a backpack. Okay, okay. two kilograms can't fit it in a backpack so we don't need a crane mm. to open it right we're on question five we've got three more questions um can you would it look quite nice on your mantelpiece um it could do if you had strange taste in indoor decor okay. and a very tall chimney breast <laughs> wow okay <laughs> I think Paolo, Paolo had just had a brainwave. Uh, I think I might have an idea, but... Do you want to ask another question? I'm trying to think of a question that yeah. I can ask which will narrow this down. Um, I've got one more question. Go on, Tom, go on. And then I'll leave you with the last okay. question. Okay. Could it look... Does it look uh, like it belongs in a, in, a, in a cinema, in a museum? Uh, it could belong in a museum, <sighs> actually. It could be used as a prop in a museum. As a prop in a museum? I feel like you've had another brain brainwave. I, I think I've got a very good idea of guessing what this is. Um, am I allowed to guess, or do we need? To well, we've got one more question. But if you want to head straight back, straight into the give a question, um, into the answers. Is this okay? Not the best question, but I'll go for it. Is this something that you could like carry around in public? Supposedly. Uh, well, you, you could physically carry it around in public, but it would look a bit strange. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, I've got something in mind. I think I'm way off, but... I, may, I might be as well, but... Yeah. What are you going to say? I, I I think it's some sort of staff or some kind of... Okay. Something along those lines. Like a walking aid. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say Zimmer frame. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, unfortunately, you're both wrong. <sighs> Again, what was it? What was it? <laughs> it was a life-sized human mannequin, like the ones in shops. No. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So that makes sense. When, yeah. I, yeah, when I, I, I saw that from a distance, it was quite alarming. <laughs> bit, bit of a scary experience, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. I've got one on my mantelpiece as well. I can't <laughs> believe it. And there we go. That was the incredibly affable Paolo and his story about friendships and really how they've changed his life over the past year or so. Thank you so much to Kate as well. I'm very glad to hear that she's also found friendship in the form of of a human mannequin at the bottom of the river. And if you want to find out more about how to make great friendship, just simply Google the Great London Friendship Project to get your weekly lineup of the best ways to meet the best people.
And we'll leave you with this from the late great philosopher Winnie the Pooh. A day without a friend is like a pot without a single drop of honey left inside. Take care and we'll see you next time on The Friendship Tapes with me, Tom Pinks. Real people, real stories, real friends. You've been listening to The Friendship Tapes with Tom Pinks. <laughs>